2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. We'll be looking in there in just a moment. How many of you have heard the phrase before, use it or lose it? The phrase you've heard before? That's one that I've heard before. It's one that's been told to me often. Uh, I used to, uh, you know, when I, was, when I was growing up, it wasn't uncommon for dad to, you know, give us something to do, maybe something to, to play with. And if it wasn't getting used, if it was sitting around in the yard, uh, you know, many of my baseballs, many of uh, our, our toys that got out there, he would tell us all the time, say, listen, you're going to use them or you're going to lose them. And what he meant by that was he wasn't going to get off his mower to move whenever he got to them. They were going to get sent to the next yard. And, and, uh, and so he would constantly remind us, I've given you this stuff, use it. Don't, don't let it just sit around. Don't waste it. Well, in 2 Peter chapter 1, there's a verse that we use oftentimes, and we single it out, and, and I think rightfully so. Sometimes you'll hear someone say, how can I know that I have everything that, that I need? How can I know there's not another revelation? How can I know that there's not more information for me to be pleasing to God? And typically, we'll go to 2 Peter chapter 1 and say in verse 3, is His divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through, him, the, knowledge of him, or through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue. And, and there is nothing wrong with doing that. That is a, a great verse to go to to help someone to see that we have everything. We have been given everything pertaining to, to livelihood and to godliness and to living a right sort of life in the eyes of God. But we don't need to stop there. As you keep reading, he says in verse 4, By which you have been, we have, <clears throat> excuse me, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust, and then verse 5, he says, but also for this very reason. But also for this very reason. The things that he's getting ready to say next, he is telling us it is because we have been given everything pertaining to life and godliness. Because of that, we need to do these things. What he's saying is you have everything pertaining to life and godliness. Use it or lose it. You don't want to lose your life. You don't want to use, lose your, your, your godliness, so you need to be working in this manner. And he goes on to say, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to your virtue knowledge, to your knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. If you do these things, you will never stumble, for so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Use it or lose it. That's what he's telling them in these passages. You need to be using these things because God has supplied you with these things. Don't waste them. You know, Ronnie led us in a song just now, and it's an excellent song that we just sang, number 386. And i got to say, even though we are, we are very short in number uh, this morning, I was, I was nonetheless uplifted and nonetheless encouraged by our singing and by our, the, our partaking of the Lord's Supper. And remembering, you know, as we partook the Lord's Supper, reminding ourselves that Jesus is coming soon. That's something that's important for us. It's a great song to lead after the Lord's Supper. But also the words of that song... I think remind us, I, I don't know much about this song. I, I was kind of wondering as we were singing the song, what, what was the circumstances of this song being written? Because as it says, troublesome times are here, filling men's hearts with fear. Freedom we all hold dear now is at stake. I wonder what, the, what was going on in the mind of the author of this song as they penned these words. 
But, but it's something that I think we can all deal with. We can all relate with, that we deal with troubles. We deal with things that are hard. And one of the things that God calls us to do in using what He has given us is to build up perseverance. We need to be working on bringing perseverance, or, or maybe some, other, some of your translators say bearing up. We need to bear up under trials. And that's what I want to focus on this, uh, this morning, is that idea of bearing up under trials and persevering uh, as as children of God, as followers of Christ. Now, for some of you here, as I, I confessed to Carl at the beginning of, of our uh, services, um, this is a sermon that I've preached here before. Um, so some of you, this might this might sound familiar. Hopefully it can, it can help you out and refresh you in something that you have already heard. And for some of you, maybe you haven't heard this before, and, and it will be, be something to help you as well. But I believe as we look in here in this passage, there's many great insights we can take from, from the, the message that Peter was giving here. First thing he starts off, is, or first thing I want to do to start off is look at the word that he uses for, for persevere. That Greek word, hupomone, um, what it means is abiding under or surviving under. And you think of, of that word bear up. Um, and whenever I think of that, I always think of a structural support. That is the first thing that comes to my mind. Maybe it's because I um, was a carpentry major in college, but whenever I think of that idea of, of bearing up, I think of something that's bearing a load. Uh, so whenever we were building our, our house or re remodeling our house in Winchester, we wanted a, a basement that did not have any poles in it that was bearing the weight. Uh, we needed something that would bear up all the weight of the, the ceiling above it, or the, the floor, I should say, above it, but without having poles. And so they made us buy, this, uh, buy an I-beam. We had to put an I-beam in and to, to be able to hold that load. But you can see in some houses that haven't had the right structure in them that beams begin to sag, uh, or sometimes even pillars begin to sink into, into the concrete if too much weight is put on them. But you can look at that and you can see the amount of stress that they're under. And hopefully, if they're designed right, they hold that stress. They bear up. They survive while under that load. And now, when he uses this word, many times the idea that we picture is a very passive sense of it. It's the idea of a ship being anchored in the ocean. And so you have a ship that's floating at sea and, and they have dropped their anchor because a storm is upon them and they're holding tight. And they're not going to let the storm uh, push them away. They're going to keep their position until the storm passes over. And that is an accurate use of this word in the passive sense. But sometimes we can become uh, those who we say we have our anchor set, but really we're just drifting. Really we're not holding firm, we're moving backwards. And so there also needs to be understood that there is an active sense of the word that is used here, the Greek word. And that is like the idea of that ship pushing on through the storm. When you think maybe of someone, you've maybe seen video or, or movies where someone's climbing a mountain and a big snowstorm is on them and they have to kind of duck their head down and put their shoulders forward and push through the, the storm to get to where they're going. That is that same idea of bearing up, of, of persevering on, enduring through the storm. And so we can see the word is used in two different ways, in two different manners. But it does involve more than just a grin and bear it sort of attitude. I'm reminded of the words of, the, uh, of commentator Adam Clark who said, 
bearing all trials and, and difficulties with an even mind, enduring in all and persevering through all. Um, as he described this thought here, but that idea of an even mind, it's not just that I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it with a proper attitude. I'm going to take it with a proper mindset that my eyes have set, like we sing in that song. My eyes have set that even though there are troubles in front of me, troubles before me, that my eyes are set on Jesus. I am heavenward bound. And so this, this attitude that we see here described of perseverance, it's exemplified in a couple places. Jesus exemplifies this in Hebrews chapter 12. Verses 1 and 2 says, Who for the joy set before him endured, that's that idea of persevere, bore up, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Maybe that brings pictures back to our minds of the, the terrible suffering that Jesus experienced, not because he had done anything, but because of our, our sins on our behalf. He took a great load, the sin of the world, upon his shoulders, and, and like the, the pillar that he is, he bore that up. He carried that weight on the cross. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 10 through 11, exemplified by Paul. He says, What persecution, persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord rescued me. When you think of the things <clears throat> that Paul experienced, the shipwreck, the, the being deserted on islands, he was bitten by a snake, he was beaten and flogged and stoned and left for dead and and everywhere he went, it seemed like, and we were talking in, in our class this morning in 1 Corinthians, he, it's, not a, it's not an account that's just really marked by great victory. It's marked by trouble. Uh, the Jews out, uh, became outraged. They uproared against him. He just experienced so many trials, and yet he pressed on. He endured. He wasn't willing to turn away from what he knew was right, but continued on in the path that was set before him. So perseverance is, is seen in bearing with our trials. But again, it is included with a, the attitude that says, I'm bearing with it for a reason. I'm not just going to take this over and over again for, for no reason. I have a hope in my heart. I have an end goal in my mind, and that is Jesus Christ and His return and desire to be with Him and God and the Holy Spirit forever. So what we see then is for Christians, there is a demand. For, persecution, for, for perseverance. There's a demand that we, we build this because it's necessary in our lives. It's necessary for mature growth. In James chapter 1, verse 4, he says, Let endurance have its perfect results, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. I'm always reminded when I read this passage of a cartoon I saw of a guy, and he was carrying his cross. It was a little stick figure, and just had a little stick cross on his shoulder, and he was going along, and he stopped, and he said, this cross sure is heavy. God, can you, can you please lighten my load a little bit? And so he looked, and there was a saw, and so he picked the saw up, and he sawed a little bit off the end of his cross, and, and this went on for a while. He kept asking God, please lighten my load some more and help me, and every time he found something, he found some way that he could make that cross a little bit lighter, and then he eventually becomes to this great chasm, and he stands at the chasm and he looks around and there's no way across. And all of the people around him are bringing their crosses and they're laying them down and they're using them as a bridge to walk across this, this great gulf. And yet he, he has cut so much off his cross that he can't, it won't reach the other side anymore. And the point of that cartoon is the things that we endure, the things that we, we experience in this life, the trials, the, the tribulation that we go through, if we will persevere, if we will 
will grow through it, it is making us ready for something. It is helping us to accomplish something. In fact, James would say in that verse that it's, it's producing something in us, as he says here, a, a matureness, a completeness. And if we can't see that, he says, ask God for wisdom. In Luke chapter 8 and verse 15, uh, Jesus says there, the seed in the good soil, these are the ones who have heard the word in an honest and good heart and hold it fast and bear fruit with perseverance. Again, Jesus was saying for us to be that good, that good soil and to produce good fruit, that ultimately what he's, he's talking about, someone who is going on to maturity, he says we have to hear the word, we have to do the word, and we have to endure in that. We have to persevere and abide in, in what he has called us to. So over and over, in both of those passages, that's that same Greek, Greek word, hupomone. <clears throat> Not only is it necessary, though, for mature growth, it's necessary to endure trials as well. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 4, we read, Therefore we ourselves speak proudly of you among the churches of God, for it's your perse- uh, perseverance and faith in the midst of all your persecutions and afflictions which you endure. The church there in, Thessal- in Thessalonica, they were using their perseverance, that which they were adding to in their lives, to grow stronger and to endure the, the things that they were facing, the persecutions, the afflictions. We also see in uh, James chapter 5, in verse 11, look, he points back to Job. Now, you want to talk about someone who's experiencing hardships, that's the place to turn to. Now, I've heard it said before, I'm a good person. I do good things. Why am I experiencing these hardships? Why are bad things happening to me? That doesn't seem right. It's that whole idea of karma, right? I do good things. Good things should happen to me. Well, we need to look no further than the book of Job to find that good things don't always happen to good people. Sometimes bad things happen to good people. When you read about Job, God is bragging about him. As Satan comes before him, he says, Have you seen my servant Job? That there is no one like him. And yet we see the terrible things that Job endures. And yet, as James points out, it was endurance. It was endurance that brought Job through this. He endured these things. Having seen the outcome of the Lord's dealings, and the Lord is full of compassion and and mercy. And so Job's perseverance helped him during these terrible trials that he experienced. And the outcome of that, again, was a more mature understanding. I think Job, at the end of the book, knows God much better than he did at the beginning of the book. I think he probably knows him more than he probably really wanted to. But he knows him much better. And so it's necessary for us to have mature growth. Endurance is necessary. Perseverance is necessary for us to be able to endure the trials that we face. But it's also necessary for eternal life. In Romans chapter 2, verse 7, we see that we must be patient in doing good to receive eternal life. He says, persevere to those who by perseverance in doing good seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. He says that there are so many uh, in the world who will start off kind of like, uh, like, like the soil that, um, that was choked out by the weeds. That the, the seed was planted and it, and it started to grow, it took root, but the, the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches choked it out. There are so many who begin doing good works, but because of trial, because of life, because as, as we talked in class this morning, we talked about how people can be beat down by people that aren't doing what's right. You can look at that, especially people that you know know better. People that you know 
they know to do right and they're choosing to do wrong, how that can be hard on us, that can beat us down. But what we see Paul speaking about there in Romans is through perseverance, to do good, to, be, to, to bear up, to stand firm and be steadfast, to, to resolve to do that which is good is necessary in receiving eternal life. He's saying we can't give up. And Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36 tells us we have to be patient. For you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. So to receive the promise, we have to patiently continue to endure, to stand up. So if we hope to grow, if we hope to endure uh, difficulties, eventually we hope to receive the promise of God, and, and then we must be adding the quality of perseverance to our character. So how do we develop that then? If that's not something that I have, if, if, if I've looked back in my life and see there are several times when things got hard, I got to walking. I turned away from that problem. I, whenever things were difficult, I said, I'm going to let somebody else handle it. How can I develop perseverance in my life? Well, to do that, there are a few ways that I think we see in Scripture. One is in Hebrews chapter 12. Verses 1 through 4. I'm going to turn to these uh, instead of putting them on the board. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. <clears throat> there, the Hebrew writer says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. The Hebrew writer says, whenever you're experiencing hardship, whenever you're experiencing trial, when you look around you and say, this is just hard. My job wants me to do things that are wrong. My, my loved ones want me to do things that are wrong. Uh, I am called in many ways to stand for truth when everyone around me is, is giving in. It's difficult. The Hebrew writer says, look to Jesus. Look to the example that your Savior who you follow set. Look to Him who could have stayed in heaven, who did not have to become like us. He was the Creator, and yet He chose to be obedient to the Father. He thought it nothing to be made less than the Father, to come down and sub, be subservient, to submit to His will and become like His creation. How many of us would be willing to do that? You know, I, as I said, I was in carpentry. I created cabinets and beds and various items, and I never had an, a thought once in my life that I would like to be like any of the things that I created because they are inferior to me. They are not on the same level. We look at that and think, that's completely silly. Why would someone ever, why would the potter ever want to be like the bowl that he has just made? That makes no sense. It made no sense for Jesus to come and be like us. He was our creator. He fashioned us. And yet he chose to come and to endure the trials of being human. To endure the trials of being obedient to God in a world that constantly has rebelled and turned against Him up to the point where they took His life. And that's where the Hebrew author ends that thought. You have not yet resisted to bloodshed. When we're having trouble building perseverance, let us look to Jesus and let Him be our example. 
that I want to endure, I want to persevere as my Savior did. Another place we can look to is to one another. Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 12 through, 12 through 14 says, Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. Now, you know that passage tells us, that passage tells us to look to one or to, to look out for one another. While it's called today, I need to be exhorting you. I need to be encouraging you, admonishing you what is needed to help guard you from being hearted through the lies of sin. But you know what the flip side of that is? I need to be looking to you for your safety, but I also need to accept the fact that you should be looking to me. And when you come to me, I need to be learning from your example as well. And there are plenty of people in our lives that have experienced hard things. There, there are things that I remember, stories that were told to me of my grandfather that I never knew um, that encouraged me to know that he, he experienced hardships, hardships that I hope that I never have to experience. But I know that he came through them. He came through them in such a way that you would never know that he experienced those things. His life was full of joy and happiness. And it was because he endured and it matured him and he learned from those experiences. And I know that probably every one of us can think of someone in our lives that has done that, that has endured a hardship and grew from it. And so the Hebrew writer tells us, you all look to one another, build one another up, encourage one another. He also, we can find example in, in God's scripture that we need to have a positive outlook as well. That can help us to endure. In James chapter 1 Verses 2 through 3, uh, we, we read verse 4 a moment ago. The verses preceding that, he says, Count it all joy, my brethren, when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. He has a, talking about having a positive outlook on life. Now, it was just the other day, I read a, a thing on Facebook of a, a, a member of the Winchester Church of Christ that, that I've known for since I was very little, posted on Facebook that somebody told her she was pretty the other day. Now, what they said was she was pretty annoying, but she said, I've got a positive outlook on life. I'm just focusing on the fact that they said I was pretty. I don't think that's the positive outlook quite that James is talking about, but it does, it does bring us to a point that just because we experience bad things doesn't mean that we have to focus on them. We can find something positive. And what he's talking about here, he says, bring, uh, have joy why? Why would there be something positive about hardships, about trials? And he says it's because you, you produce patience as you experience those things. You produce this perseverance. And then verse 5, again, he says, If you lack wisdom, let him ask God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Again, as, we've, as I've mentioned before, he's saying if you can't see what this is producing in you, if you can't see that one day you're going to grow from this, you're going to experience this, Maybe somebody else is going to go through the same problem and you're going to be able to help them. In some way, somehow, this is going to be to your benefit. Ask God to help you see that. Ask God to help you come through that and have a positive outlook on that. And then finally, I want us to consider if we need to some help building perseverance, then we need to look to the future. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, <clears throat> 
2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verses 16 through 18. He says, Therefore we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, in working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. That's a really, really important passage for us when we're building endurance. That we're not looking at the things that we can see right now around us. The things that we see right now around us remind us that our physical bodies are wasting away. That our loved ones are growing old. That our, 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 those closest to us are, are dying. Even ourselves, we have afflictions in our own bodies that, that scare and cause us to, to experience fear that can cause us to turn away. It can break down that endurance. It can put cracks in that, that pillar that we are trying to be and, and this constant attack by Satan. You know, as, as Paul writes in 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and sound mind. That means that spirit of fear, if it doesn't come from God, where does it come from? It is not, uh, if it is not God, it is Satan attacking us striving to cause us to turn away, to, to not endure, to not persevere. And so Paul reminds the Corinthians here, he says, don't lose heart. Even though we experience hardship, even up to the physical death, remember that what we're looking for is far more exceeding and has an eternal weight of glory. Revelation chapter 2, sometimes I, I think reminds me of this as well. Revelation chapter 2, verses 25 through, through 29. <clears throat> he says, Hold fast what you have till I come. And he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. They shall be dashed to pieces like the potter's vessels. As I also have received from my Father, and I will give, give him the morning star, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Jesus is speaking words of comfort to the church, saying, hold fast, hold on, endure, persevere. Throughout these letters to the church, he says these, these same things over and over again. In fact, in chapter 3, verse 1, as he speaks to that church at Sardis, even though he gives them kind of a scathing review, he says, I see your works. Now, that was a bad thing for them. But for us, it's an important thing to remember. Jesus is not blind to the hardships that we experience, the trials that we, that we taste, sometimes on a daily basis. He knows. That's how He stands as our high priest to intercede on our behalf. And one day, one day, as Revelation 22 tells us, we will experience what, what John saw. He showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its streets and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the trees were from he for the healing of the nations, and there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and His servants shall serve Him. They shall see His face, and His name shall be on their foreheads. There shall be no night there. They need no lamp nor light of the sun, for the Lord gives the light and they shall reign forever and ever. We need to develop perseverance. 
And if that's something that we're struggling with, these are some ways in which we can work in our lives looking to Jesus, looking to the examples of those around us, looking at life in a positive way, remembering what we are experiencing is producing something in us because we know what's in the future. We know what is ahead. Perseverance involves the idea of bearing up under trials. It involves the idea of pressing on. Whenever we experience tribulation, we turn away from the trial. We don't, we, we don't look at it like it's, like it's something that defeats us. We can turn our back on it because we're turning our face towards God. Whenever we face temptation, again, we turn away from these things and we put our eyes on Christ. And while continuing in all of this, we're continuing to do as God has directed us to do. So maybe we, this morning, as we, as we end our, our, our lesson, or begin to get ready to sing the song of invitation, I'd ask us to think about that as we uh, sing of Jesus' gentle voice calling us. Is that motivating to us? Is that a voice that we hear on a regular basis? Maybe we heard it once in our life and we accepted the call of Jesus. We came to Him for our salvation. But has His voice become faded and, and drowned out in our lives? I ask that we, we ask ourselves, are we still listening for that call and allowing it to build us up, to persevere, knowing that He's calling us home and asking us to just hang on. I see your works. And I have a place prepared for you in my Father's house. If we need perseverance, I pray that we will heed the admonition uh, that Paul gave to Timothy when he told him to pursue patience. Pursue. I pursued Holly whenever we were, whenever we were in high school. I, I was, it took a little bit of coaxing from some friends, but once I saw what they, what they were wanting me to see, I want to do everything I could to try and, to try and catch her, to try and, to try and have her in my life. Are we pursuing patience? Are we pursuing that which we need to persevere, to endure? This morning, if you're here this morning and you are wanting to grow in your knowledge of Jesus Christ and who He is, I think Romans chapter 5 is a great place for us to start in that. Romans chapter 5, verses 6 and 11 tells us that while we were enemies of God, while we were enemies, while we were that creation that was fighting back against Him, God sent His Son, and He died for our sins. And it tells us there someone might consider dying for, uh, for, for a really, really good person, but who considers dying for an enemy? Jesus Christ did. He considered dying for you. He did die for you. He endured the cross so that we could have a hope of heaven. If you would like to know more about Him, if you would like to begin your walk with Him this morning, or if you'd like to recommit yourself to standing firm, won't you please let us know right now. Come forward as we stand and as we sing.